The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode what? Where are we at? 151-ish? Something like that? 151. We hit 150 last week, or last time. So for those of you out there who enjoy Bacardi, there's a Bacardi 151 shot with your name on it. Very flammable. Be very careful. (laughs) Um. Speaking of number of episodes, I was going to quickly look up number of downloads that our our, our listeners have have blessed us with. Um, it's difficult. It's got to go to two different places uh, because of our, our our host, our new uh, podcast network. Excuse me, Armchair Media. That's right. So 35, I'm going to do really bad math here, but we are closing in on 50,000. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're at 49,000 and change. So this week wow. we should hit, or on this episode, we should hit 50,000 all-time downloads. Appreciate the support, everybody. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for downloading our show and leave us a comment on the iTunes or a, a rating, hopefully a five star, but we'll understand otherwise. But but really, really, don't don't be that guy that does a one star unless we say something terrible about your mother. We'll And we'll try not to do that <laughs> unless we need it. Right. Um, yeah. You, if you want to leave us a rating, a review on on uh, on Apple or, or Google Play, uh, we'd appreciate it. Help other Texas Tech fans, find Red Raider Athletics Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at 23Personnel. It's at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also follow us on Instagram at 23Personnel Podcast. And then if you you diehard fans need to pick up a T-shirt, go to our Teespring store, uh, 23-Personnel personnel-podcast, all kinds of logo and t-shirt material, color combinations. Michael and I have our shirts in. We will be wearing these out in public. We do have that one one fan out there supporting the brand. Appreciate yeah. it. Yep. Um, I got a, I can't remember when it was. It may have been Valentine's Day when my wife gave me like a Yeti, uh, what are they called, Rambler? Like the like the bigger drink cups. Yeah, there's the tumbler and the rambler. I'm not sure which one's which. So she got me a rambler. She got me like the 18 ounce, like the smaller version. Mm-hmm. And I got her the midsize version. Uh, come to find out, like the different sizes keep different temperatures. Like hers keeps stuff colder. Like it keeps it 
colder than my cup does and keeps it longer. And I, I mentioned this. She's like, you know, it's fine. We can give yours, the one that I have, to our son, and you can order a bigger one for you. I did that today. And you know what you can do with Yeti? You can upload images for them to put on your cup. So you know what I did? Repping oh, the brand. You- 23 personnel going to be on my Yeti. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see this thing. It's So it's going to be glorious. Um, yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about basketball. Um, going to give a quick update on Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I guess an overall tech athletics announcement this week that came out um, regarding tickets. We're going to talk about baseball uh, with undrafted players signing um, and then professional baseball making its way back. Touch a little bit, touch on football a little bit. Uh, and then of course your questions and what we learned, but before we get there, um, wanted to talk to you all about our, our title sponsor from our chair media, which would be bet online. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return. Also this week, the, the MLB announcing its return, uh, but right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, international soccer have all resumed, and Bet Online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. For the devout gamblers to check out, Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Michael, you ready to talk about some basketball? You bet. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bullman. Get a crowd strip by Owens. Already on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Colbert. Crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into three. Good! Who puts it down? Already. Odiasi! Tropars it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. So this week, Texas Tech came out and announced they are going to all mobile ticketing. Michael, did you see this? What what are your thoughts on this? I did see this. I think it's the right idea, uh, but I almost think that they've implemented it a year or so too soon because they've started doing mobile ticketing over the last couple of seasons and then to all of a sudden jump headfirst into it. Now, it's not for every single sport, uh, but it does cover the, you know, the major ones or a few of them. Uh, 
football obviously being one of those and then men's and women's basketball are both going to be mobile ticket only i think it will make things somewhat easier but i I don't know i've i've been on just enough flights and just enough behind just enough mobile ticket holders at concerts and other places that it really slows things down going through the line because people don't have their phone out there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Or it's rotated or something's weird. And I'm, I'm a good old paper ticket kind of person. So, yeah, I was going to say, even the the printed tickets, like if you print them off at your office or whatever, those tend to scan slower than the tickets do that the issuing agency, whatever tickets they give you, they always scan faster. I would assume the mobile tickets would be a little slower as well. Um, But, yeah, so this was, it says, Texas Tech will will only offer mobile tickets for football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball. Yeah, I missed that. I I just listed them off, and I didn't realize that baseball was part of it too. As part of the policy changes from the release from the school, season ticket holders will no longer receive a printed ticket booklet each summer or have the option to print at home. Instead, season ticket holders, as well as those who purchase single-game passes or mini plans, will all receive their tickets via mobile delivery. Prior to each home game, ticket holders will download their mobile tickets to their Apple Wallet or Google Play account, which will then be scanned by a gate attendant upon entry into the stadium or arena. Or so. the or the park. Right. Yeah, I, it it's fine. It's probably the way to go, and it's probably the thing to do. But it seems like a quick jump to it. And maybe... You know, I don't know if COVID's pushed things or made them rethink things and and decide, well, we may not even have sports this year. So let's go ahead and implement this anyway and just kind of get this going, work out the kinks if we do have some sports um, and and try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that. I guess my, my initial questions or concerns would be, OK, so. If I'm the ticket holder, you know, if I 
purchase the tickets and I'm going with a group of people or I, I want to sell my, my ticket because I can't go. How does that work? Because it's, it's mobile only. They have this uh, digital account called My Account 2.0 where you can transfer tickets to another person. So if you're selling it or if you're passing off one of your tickets to a group member that's arriving separately than your party, you can transfer your tickets. So that's been taken care of as well. Um, the, the other thing is, is they want you to make sure because of, you know, if we're going into the arenas or the ballpark or the football stadium, mobile connectivity can be spotty because of just the, the number of people there, even if we're going at reduced numbers this season. They suggest you download your tickets before you get there to try to avoid that. So you download it, it goes into your Apple Wallet or Google Play, um, and then it doesn't matter if you have connectivity when you get to the stadium, arena, whatever. It's already on your phone. You're good to go. Right. That's that's the the worry there too. I mean, if if you're someone who's a who's an avid tailgater and tech somehow has a six o'clock kickoff, you better make sure your phone's charged. If you've if you've getting out there in the morning and I think most you're on your people, phone all day and yeah, I was gonna say I, I think most people are used to either charging their phones or having a a backup plan. But for sure, if you're going to be out of the stadium all day uh, tailgating. You need to make sure you're you you got that generator going, or you, you you run the car for a few minutes before you get out. Make sure you can get your tickets. But yeah, so Texas Tech moving to all mobile ticketing for men's, women's basketball, football, and baseball. I guess starting this this summer. Yeah, I, I guess with, with the football. Yeah, um, they said you know, and they they have kind of a list of why why they're doing this, and mentioned flexibility, saying that real time changes to event dates and times are reflected immediately on digital tickets. So, I, I mean, I guess that's convenient because when you buy football tickets, you seldom know what time anything is. Um, and well, so, you, yeah, you know, I'm, you always have to check that, that 10 day window or that two week window, whenever the, t- whatever TV channel picks it up, right? what tier you're in and quality of opponent and all that stuff. When they print your season tickets in the summer, None of those tickets have the game times on them, except for maybe the first game, which is pretty much set in yeah, stone. Yeah, or possibly, I, I think the, I think every uh, the, the Baylor game used to be set when it was yeah. in Arlington, at least. But so like, you know, you would have to check back any time, like for, for every week, you'd have to go back and look, you know, look up the game somewhere else besides your ticket, find out what time. Now you go to your tickets and your account here. It's going to show you, hey. We have a six o'clock kickoff today. There's no confusions about that, no, no changes. Or if something were to happen, the game has to be moved. Or if the game does get moved for broadcast windows, it's always going to be updated on your phone, which is easy. No worries about going somewhere and seeing the wrong time because it was printed. Well, and that would have, right? And that would have come in handy this year with baseball. Uh, there were several games that were either delayed or played early even mm-hmm. and or just flat out canceled. So that's that's another way to notify people quickly and efficiently. So I, I think it's it's the right thing to do, but it will um you know, it will actually it's gonna take some time to to get through it and it's gonna have a, a little bit of an effect 
on getting people through the gates and <laughs> hoping we get to go through some gates this year. For sure. All right. So that was more general tech athletics, but let's talk about some tech basketball and this Jonathan Kaminga stuff, if you will. Um, two weeks ago when we recorded, we were talking about how um, it looked like it was down to the G League or Texas Tech. Um, then the the site that covers the NBA G League uh, referenced out saying, hey, you know, for Kaminga specifically, according to their, their, their rules as of right now, he wouldn't be old enough to be eligible to play this season. Um, he, and then that accountant did say, hey, you know, it still could be, you know, changed because of the way the season's been delayed. There could be an exception made for, sure. for, for the player. Um, and then we, we started hearing possible dates of when Kaminga might announce his intentions. Um, and then it comes out on the 21st. So what was that over the weekend? Uh, Joel and Tomboy, his, his stepbrother currently at Texas tech gave a comment to 24 seven sports. And he said, we are still trying to go through everything. We really don't know. And we haven't made up our mind. So one, I I think there was, there was some rumor floating around that he was going to announce on the 22nd, which would have been Monday. Uh, I remember seeing that uh, it, it made the rounds on Twitter and other places. And so everybody was getting kind of, you know, antsy about it and anxious to see what he was going to do. And then someone at 24 seven spoke with in Tomboy and he said, no, we're, we don't, we don't have a timeline. We're just, we're still working through it. But as you were probably about to point to, that is interesting that the two of them are really, uh, working on this decision together. And, and I like that. I mean, they're, they're brothers. It's even if it, it ends up where he, um, where Kaminga goes to the G league, I would think that the fact that he talked it over with his brother kind of makes more sense, mm -hmm. you know? And, and of course. Well, yeah. Cause we're not, we're not sure what the relationship is like between Joel and Jonathan. Like if it's one of those things where he wants to play with his brother and so like that would be a big contributing factor to him coming to tech or they just weren't that close and like they didn't feel like they have to play together. Um, and not that I think that them discussing this or, you know, working through this together points any more to him coming to tech, but it, it does paint a better picture of their relationship. Um, a little clearer that, this is not something that Kuminga is doing on his own or he and his parents are doing. It seems like it's at least Joel and Jonathan doing it together, if not the entire family working together. So take that sure. however you will. Uh, they are still working on it. We are still trying to go through everything. We really don't know and we haven't made up our mind. Because um, I think we, we had looked into the G League contracts and what that would look like. And I think of, for a player like Kuminga would expect to pull in was that 125,000 I think 125 is that's pretty much it that's and then, just and then the starting be, salary or at least there maybe that's the max starting salary I can't remember yeah and then he'd be eligible to enter the NBA draft after this season so it's one of those things like yeah that a, a six-figure paycheck I mean it's hard to turn down as a 17 18 year old kid um 
because that can go a long way even for that one year before you get into life-changing money with NBA before even before you sign like the big contracts. Um, but then you're going to have to, you know, weigh out the competition, the level of coaching, development, exposure. Do you think you have a better shot at the NBA draft coming from the G League or coming out of college? Um, yeah. A lot of Another things. thing you have to weigh now, which is even more unfair for these young guys to make such a big decision, is is COVID. Yeah, is there going to be a season? You know, <laughs> right? I mean, it, if if I had to guess at this point, they would have an easier time playing G League games than they would NCAA college basketball games. Because I think so. The, there's a the chance that being he would. You know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was like, I. I I was going to just add to your point. I, I think the pattern is being set by the NBA, how that can be done. Um, Correct. Sorry. And and it's it's a much more controlled and centralized league, obviously, than the NCAA, which is, uh, I mean, all sizes, all different sizes of schools, all different sizes of gyms, programs, you know, all have way different budgets. It's It's a completely different model whereas with G League and NBA everything's pretty much equal. So there's a lot of things to consider in, in that aspect of just well which league has a better chance of actually playing some meaningful basketball in this coming uh you know next 18 months for sure. So an update from the Kaminga commitment r- recruitment story but no final word yet. And not even any kind of hint or whatever as to when we may hear. It could be any day now. Um, sure. So stay tuned to wherever you're getting your, your college basketball news because the Kaminga news is going to be big time wherever he decides to go. If he's going to college or if he's going to Texas, or sorry, if he's going to G League. Um, just being one of the small handful of players that have you know rated out perfectly in a recruiting class um just the kind of impact he can have on a program professional or collegiate so is there anything else you want to talk about college basketball or for texas tech you and a no i baseball. mean i did see this is terrible to bring it up this in this way but i did see that uh i know chris beard's Recruiting class has gotten some notoriety over over this off season, so that's good, and that's nothing unexpected. It's he's really landed some top notch guys, and if if he's able to get Kaminga as well, this is going to be the most incredible recruiting season that Texas Tech may have ever seen in any sport. Right, because I I don't remember if we if we talked about it before or during the show last time, but there is a recruiting class calculator that says or the, the, you can enter in players into a recruiting class, get the the score on it and where that would rank out. The current recruiting class for this year is either Kansas or Kentucky. I can't, can't remember which. It's one of those two with a score of like 70. They looked at the projection, and if you added Kaminga into Texas Tech recruiting class, it would move them into the 90s. Oh, move Texas Tech into the 90s. So Texas Tech would have like a score of a 90-whatever recruiting class. And the next school, Kansas or Kentucky, 
would be in the 70s. Wow. So just touching on the impact he could have on your recruiting class could catapult you way into first place and then some for the 2020 recruiting class. Yeah, big impact for for sure. All right, let's talk about some baseball. Left field, well struck, Nesloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young looks it to right field, looking for a second home run, and he's got it. Into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven deep to right. First end to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Trevor Bowie. Back. It's more than a pop-up. It's a big fly. Tuck takes the lead. All right, so Texas Tech roster updates. Had a handful of guys drafted uh, from the the MLB draft that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, It looks like Tech had three players drafted, two from the roster, one from from the signing class, and then two more seniors signed undrafted deals. So Clayton Beater obviously was the one that went first from Texas Tech. Drafted in the second round by the Dodgers. Bryce Bonin went third to the Cincinnati Reds. And then one of your high school guys, Marco Rea, drafted in the fourth round by the Twins. And then seniors, John McMillan, he signed with the Royals. Brian Klein signed with the Nationals. I'm going to miss Big Bad John. Dude, I, I, I can't remember which game it was. It may have been like a TCU or, or Baylor game when... It was late, late that night when he, he was coming out of the bullpen and they played uh, Bad John or Big Bad John, whatever the song is called. Mm-hmm. I was like, this song is awesome. It's perfect for John McMillan. I had no no clue or context what the song was before then. It's a it's a freaking sweet warm-up song for a relief pitcher who's about to throw 100 miles, 100 miles per hour from behind the, the, the pitcher's mound as he warms up. Gosh, I can spread right. that out. And, 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 and then you might throw 80 after that. <laughs> you yeah, just he, never know. <laughs> he gets up there, you know, like the the radar gun is on, on, on the scoreboard tracking his warm-ups. He's hitting like 97, 98. You're like, okay, this dude throws. And he gets up there and he drops like a curveball on you like in the mid-70s. Like, whoa. Well played, sir. <laughs> okay, okay. I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss John. Um, and I, I wish... I wish we would have seen more of him at the plate batting because we did see some of that power, um, you know, in the first year or so that he was here. I remember and I wasn't at the game, but I saw plenty of videos of it where he blasted a home run over the scoreboard in right field. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it was like 
it may have hit the engineering building out past the, the, the stadium out there. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's, I mean, he's 6'3", 230. It's a big dude. Yeah. That's, you know, Big John. <laughs> big Bad John. And, and if, if I remember correctly, I believe it was friend of the show, Keith Patrick, also host of the only Texas Tech baseball podcast, Dinger Derby. I believe he's the one who mentioned that the song was a tribute to his granddad. Mm-hmm. Who I called may him? Be, I may John, be getting that wrong, but I think that's I think that's correct. Yeah. So any any baseball questions I have, I start with Keith. Oh sure, yeah. But he he's also filled with all kinds of of, of those kind of tidbits and knowledge that um, he John and his his grandfather had a, a special relationship, and I think I think if I remember this correctly, Keith was telling me that um, his grandfather called him Big John. Mm. So the song was kind of a hat tip back to his grandfather, which is cool. That's awesome. Which, if you haven't heard the song, it's Jimmy Dean, right? Yes. Uh, he talks about this man, Big John, going down into the, the, the mines and saving people. It's, it's heroic. It's fantastic. Big and John. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to sing it for you, but I really shouldn't. All right, I can't do it. My voice isn't deep enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brian Klein signing with the defending world champion, Washington Nationals. Not too bad. I think that just really, I think that rumor, not rumor, but it wasn't really confirmed until I believe today. There was an official post from him and maybe from Texas Tech Baseball uh, where he wrote a letter to the fans and, and, and stuff. So it, there was also the rumor of uh, McMillan going, I think, before the weekend, and then I think it was official after the weekend that he actually signed. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different hats us Red Raider fans are going to have to buy. I mean, you've got to get your Dodgers, Reds, possibly Twins, we'll see, Royals and Nationals hats. Of course, you know, do you really need the Twins hat if he never played? No, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't count. doesn't count. It's like that, that really hey, – um, Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like that really great uh, high school pitcher that came out of Carlsbad, California, that was like recruited tech. He was one of the best pitchers in the high school uh, ranks, but never made it to tech. I, I don't know where he went. And I don't wear that hat because he didn't never made it to tech. Yep. It doesn't count. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. But he went to the pros, and, you know, as you pointed out earlier, the pros are starting back. and Dude, I can't wait. When uh, pro start, pro sports start kicking back in, that means that there is no short of, of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. You've heard us talk about them already in this episode, but uh, as part of Armchair Media, we're glad to have BetOnline on board. And the sports world is slowly making its way back with NBA announcing its return in late July. You're about to hear a little bit more about how Major League Baseball plans to return. Um, right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. Bet Online has the best odds and lines for those upcoming games and matches. Because it's soccer, we have to mention matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. So if you want to gamble on some simulated NFL or NBA games, Bet Online. 
is the place to go. They also offer hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business, or the biz, as I like to say. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device. Join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Okay, so professional baseball's back. And they finally, after months of bickering, basically between the owners and the Players Association, settled on a 60-game season. And my dude, things could get wild. It sounds like it, man. I I tried to scroll through some of the CBS had a good breakdown. So that's where I started. Of it. Yeah. Okay. I, I tried to scroll through some of that today and my head started spinning. So I'm hoping you can help walk me through it. Okay. So the big thing about baseball is it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So you're dealing with a single game doesn't matter. Series start to matter. But like you put good weeks together, good months. That, that that's what you're talking about here. MLB is playing 60 games. They're playing less than half of a regular season, a little more than a third. So, however that math works out, I'm not going to do that for you. Um, 60 games starting July 23rd or the 24th. Spring air quotes, spring training restarts July 1st. So players report to their home stadiums July 1st. That's next week, people. Teams have to submit their 60-player rosters by this Sunday, and then the transaction freeze, so the um, trades and all that kind of stuff, the transaction freeze ends this week. So with this, the news that that the the season's starting, about to get a whole lot of baseball news because – Transactions have been frozen for months now. You've got games that are starting in about a month. Spring training gets restarted. Um, so let's talk about how that, that season's going to look. So 60 regular season games will run through September 27th. The scheduling is going to be pretty unique. Of the 60 games, 40 of them will be against your divisional opponents. So for the Rangers... That means 10 games each versus the A's, the Mariners, the Astros, and the Angels. The other 20 games are going to be against the opposite league's corresponding geographic divisions. So for the Rangers who play in the AL West, that means you will the Rangers will play opponents from the NL West who are the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, Padres, and Giants, which is a pretty stinking good division. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's it's just, it's kind of like we've mentioned before on, you know, about the NFC East and everything. Geographically, it just makes sense anyway. Yeah, and, and that, that's what they were trying to do is limit travel and exposure um, right. to keep West teams playing with West. So, AL East teams will play NL East. AL Central will play NL Central. So teams that you won't play this year, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays, thank God, um, <laughs> the Indians, Cubs, White Sox, whoever else, it doesn't matter. You're, you, you have a very small scope of opponents this year. The A's, the Mariners, the Angels, the Astros, 
Dodgers, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Padres, Giants. That's it. You're not going out east. You're not going up north. That's who you got. Um, the other interesting thing, I think, and this, this fascinates me because I, I like it and I hate it, but the National League will be adopting the designated hitter for this season and for next season. So at least for these two years, no more pitchers batting. So, Which, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, are you are you pro or? So I like the the strategy behind having to work around pitchers and like the double shift, not 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 the double shift, the double subs and all that kind of stuff. What is that? What is that called? Double switch, maybe. Um, I like that. What this does, though, is it gets more offense into the lineups, especially when you're talking about you're playing, you know, a third of your season going to be against NL teams. You're not going to have to roll out Mike Miner out there on, you know, up to bat or whoever else the Rangers have deep in their bullpen. Um, although bullpen pitchers barely, rarely hit. Anyways, so I, I, I like the idea of getting more offense into the game. I, I, I probably won't miss not having pitchers bat because the, the fun, the best, best thing about having a pitcher hit is when they go off. Like when you get like a Madison Bumgarner blasting a home run, you're like, dude, way to go. Or you Darvish. Hitting a home run in, in Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> like it's that's rare. Fantastic. It's rare, but like when it happens, you're like, "Dang, that's fun." Yeah. Um, or uh, Bartolo Colon, big sexy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So again, rare. I, I know that, that that's the most fun. More power in the lineups. I'm good with that. Be interesting to see if this uh, turns out to be just a temporary rule change or if the national league adopts it full time. Then the other thing that I think is going to be interesting, um, games that go into extra innings, the offensive team will start with a runner on second base. So you roll out there batter. Number one of the 10th inning, you've got a runner on second. How does that work? Does it, uh, is the, you know, the person who was out, last in the previous inning is that who's going to be the runner or can you designate a runner maybe they did maybe they haven't gotten into the detail yet you know i i haven't seen that specifically i would assume let's say okay first up to bat in the 10th inning let's just say is your number one hitter i'm sure they would try mm-hmm. to put your number nine hitter up on on base so there's not any weirdness going on um but that also could replace some of the strategy that we were going to miss out on pitchers not being in the batting lineup. That you'll see a lot more defensive subs to get speed on the base paths and then get that guy mm-hmm. into the field if you need him. I think the thought here is is to keep games from going 17, 19 innings, um, score you know a few more runs, but I, I think ultimately is to shorten games that would go into, into extra innings. Um, th- this rule seems kind of hokey. I'm, I'm not really on board with it because it just, it feels like, it feels too 
exhibition. Um, it, it just doesn't feel like a top league kind of move. It's like something you'd see in an all-star game or well, so it, it's what they do something like that in the minor leagues now too, I think. But mm-hmm. it, it just feels weird that it's moved up this way, and and they did it the world the baseball world classic, um, the world baseball classic. So I'm 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 not like I'm not really a big fan of that one. Um, going back to this season though, the trade deadline will be August 31st, um, which is a month later than it normally is, but it puts it. I think what they say this is it'll put it. Um, just about halfway through the season. But with how short the season is, I would imagine more teams are going to be in the playoff picture than they would be at this point anyways. Uh, I was reading an ESPN article today about this. They think that the magic number to get into the playoffs could be as low as 31 or 32 wins. Um. Well, there's is that that's not too crazy to be just just above 500 to get into the playoffs, right? But 500 in a 162 game season is a lot different than 500 in a 60 game season. Yeah, in a three month window, yeah, that's they, that's true. They were pulling up, and they, they were looking at like superlatives here. They were looking at best and worst 60 game stretches, and I think that they pulled what the Dodgers went something like 42 and 18. Um, or maybe I'm getting that backwards. Maybe it was 48 and 12. I don't know. It, it was only ridiculous in, in a 60 game stretch. Um, but they think kind of uh, division winners may be getting close to 38, 39 wins. Um, playoff cutoff could be 31, 32 wins. Also, could see just weirdness where a team that has 30 wins makes it into the playoffs, but. Somewhere else, a team that has 32, 33 wins doesn't make it. Um, so anyways, the trade deadline going to be basically three weeks from the end of the season. It's just the the compression here of, of all things is to get the schedule in, to get all, all these big milestones throughout the season in so quickly. Um, it turns what is normally a really long season into a sprint. Um, brings the season length more in line with what we see with basketball, even though it's shorter than basketball season. And they, the baseball play baseball schedules are more condensed than basketball where you don't, you don't play every day. Um, so the baseball season is going to go really fast and yes, like a hot start could really set a team up that was maybe outside of the playoffs that would have been, you know, like, a. A Rangers, you know, say they, they they get a really hot start. This season is not one they're picked to do super well in, but if they start off, you know, I don't know, twenty and ten, you're looking pretty good <laughs> to make the playoffs halfway through the season. Whereas you probably wouldn't have that same outlook had they gone a full 162 games. And the reverse right. could be said. A really so good much team, more can happen. Yeah, a really good team can have a really bad start. And you're like, the Dodgers are picked to win it all, but they had a really rough start. Ooh, that may be hard to overcome. Um, anyway, so 
I want to touch a, a couple of COVID specific rule changes and then ask some questions to you uh, more as like a general um, casual or passive fan. So the pitchers must carry wet rags to, to the mound with them to replace them licking their fingers. Wait, what are your thoughts I on am that? No, I am not a pitcher, <laughs> but I can't imagine how hard that's of an adjustment that's going to be for, for these guys who've been pitching for who knows, you know, since, <laughs> 20, since 30 Little years. League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've, they've been pitching 20, 30 years, some of them. Who knows? And some of these habits are to, just ingrained in, like, who they are as an athlete. Sure. They grab and the ball, it, they lick their fingers, and like, oh, wait, can't do that. And how does the wet rag work? Does, is it like sitting on a stool, like how a stand-up comic has his bottle, bottle of water? water. I, I would assume it's like black stool. jammed in like the back pocket or something. <laughs> I yeah, I guess so. But uh, And then who's in charge of that awful rag? <laughs> you know, that just seems like, okay, we've got to trade that out. Who's on rag duty? And it's going to be a biohazard rag, and they're going to have to... I would assume you know, that would bury be... it in the backyard and say some say some chants over it. <laughs> I would assume it would be the pitcher because of this next rule. The batters must bring their own bat weights and donuts, whatever you want to call them. Like they have to bring their own. Like it's not provided by the team. They're not going to be sharing it. Um, and they have to take all their equipment back to the dugout. So there there are no bat boys. So I would assume the pitchers would be responsible for their own rags too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like they'd have to carry it to them. And like you said, maybe they once they get it back to the dugout, they've they'll be sequestered in the the pitcher booth, kind of like how they have the the drummer in in a plexiglass cage at church. <laughs> right. They'll just um, be kind of the pitcher booth with his with his bucket of rags. <laughs> Gross. Like that. Does he dip this in a bucket of water before every half inning when he he goes out to? Out to pitch as you get a new rag. This is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a pile the of whole, rags in the corner. You know, and it may work out. It it may replace because baseball is full of uh, weird tradition, not maybe not traditions, but mannerisms and and doing the same thing over and over and being repetitive and superstitions and stuff. Maybe yeah, there'll be this whole new thing about the rag and oh, well, I get new rags, blue rags, <laughs> and and I, I always soak it in. Uh, you know Fiji water, or <laughs> and he gives up a home run. I need a white rag with Aquafina now. <laughs> stat, stat, just just hook the hose up. Hook the hose up. Anything's going to be better than what I've got in there right now. Yeah, we got to change things up. Okay, so what are your thoughts? Do, do you think the shortened season uh, is going to give more teams a shot at the postseason? I think it or could. Or do you think it'll work out? Just it'll kind of shake out. Like the best of the best will still rise to the top, and Rangers and whatever are going to meddle around and not perform well enough. I definitely think it could because, I mean, just the the number of games is a big deal. But just the fact that you're cramming all these games in, and I said three months earlier, but it's two. I mean, you're you're cramming sixty games in sixty days, mm-hmm. basically, and and so. People, you know, the teams can really get streaky and weird things can happen and and the guys probably aren't going to be in the exact best shape. Uh, I mean, they're going to be in great shape because they're professional athletes, but probably not quite like 
they would be in a normal season. So there's, there could be more prone for injuries that could hurt a team that would normally be strong. Um, and you know, guys can be out for 10 games. Well, if you're out for 10 games in this season, holy cow, that's a sixth of your season as opposed to, you know, 5%. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So, um, I, I, I think it really, the only great thing about it, and that's the great thing about sports is it's the same rules for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like someone's just getting to play 40 games or someone's getting to play 80. Everyone's got to play the same 60. They're playing a lot of the same teams over and over. Um, but I do think there's a chance that there will be some teams sneak in there that they just got kind of hot or someone in their division had some, they got really cold or had a horrible injury at a, at a bad time. So, yeah, I think it does give more teams a shot. Long. Yeah, and and I tend to agree that we we may see um, teams that wouldn't have otherwise been in the playoff picture are going to be hanging around longer this season or or make it sneak it into the playoffs or make it the wild card race is really um, competitive. Yeah, and have more teams involved in that. Have more teams involved in the trade deadline, um, and it's just going to be really fascinating to see just how a sixty-game sprint of a season. And I know I keep saying that, but like how that's going to play out, and like you said, basically sixty days because it's going to start July twenty-third or twenty-fourth and play through September twenty-seventh, which is sixty-five days. So you're talking about sixty games in sixty-five days. Like there's, <laughs> you get one day off every other week. <laughs> which is going to yeah, be maybe yeah i mean it, it's, it's going to be a, a sprint but also a grind too to be playing you know 10 11 days in a row and, and then, probably double headers mixed in there too i'd imagine they're just to, to cram them in they're with travel days and all that there's there's got to be yeah um and then do you think records should count for this season or should everything just be kind of asterisked off and say, this is more like an exhibition season. This is more so we can have something to to show fans and be competitive, be on TV or, or do you think that performance in this season should be counted? You're probably going to have to, you'd have a better gauge on that. You and Keith both for sure. Um, because I know that stats are sacred in baseball and, it's important to keep track of them and there's so many different ways to keep track of them. But I, I think records should count for this season aside from maybe the cumulative records, if that makes sense, like bases stolen home runs hit that kind of stuff. People are going to be like, yeah, whatever. But if your batting average was three, three seventy or whatever, that's fantastic. That's still great for a 60 game season, no matter what. But if you stole X number of bases, I don't know. How, how do we compare that? That's always the thing is trying to compare the apples to the apples. So I think it the record should count, but they obviously will be weighed differently. And I could see an asterisk kind of thing going in. Yeah. Um, it, it, you it, know, I mean, same same deal when the I know when the NBA had their shortened season, 99 or 2000. Well, they've had one since then, but – was when the Spurs won their first championship. They get a lot of flack for it because it was a lockout season. So that'll still that'll linger over whoever wins the pennant this year probably as well. Yeah, but that was a weird COVID season. So they still won it, but there's going to be – there's already – I'm just 
whoever team you're rooting for, if they if they win it this year, there's going to be the rest of the the nation saying, yeah, but they didn't really yeah, play I, a, a, a full season. I think if we see somebody outside of a favorite win, they're going to be like, uh, it's because of COVID. You know, like if the Dodgers don't win or if, you know, the Yankees aren't, you know, competing with the Dodgers to, to, for the title, whatever. Like, oh, it's because, you know, I don't know. The Blue Jays got really hot in August and, you know, wor- worked the way in, in the playoff picture or whatever. Yeah, they won their last nine games in a row. Yeah. Or, or, or something. And then and, and we're able to to sneak in and win the wild card or whatever it is, you know, and you could say the same about basketball too, that this season's already going to be one of those. Oh, well that was the COVID season. Um, I mean, the only, the only advantage with basketball is once they get to playoffs, it will always be a series. Uh, there won't be a situation where it's a wild card one game, uh, type game on basically a play in game. So they will at least all be, seven game series I believe I think they're sticking with seven but th- it's just going to be weird I mean for every sport that does continue this year there's going to be a lot of a lot of asterisks and a lot of people kind of shooting down things and or coming back and saying no that was actually still really great he he had a whatever you know a 1.3 ERA that's fantastic it doesn't matter if it was over you know, 20 games he played or 25 games he started, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, you know, if you see a pitcher throw like a no hitter or a perfect game, the the length of the season has no impact on that. Agreed. Um, that's, so. that's still incredible no matter what. Yeah. All right. The other thing that we want to talk about really quickly, baseball related is my baseball season, little league. We got underway two weeks ago now uh, a couple of days after our last recording, we've already played four games and we're getting a little bit of a break. So we played that first Monday, then we played Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Oh my God. So we played, you know, three games in four days. That's a lot of Capri Suns and orange slices. Well, here's the thing we don't have team snacks or treats because they don't want people sharing food. Right oh, well, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and they, they don't even want us hanging out in the ballpark after the game. So, like, n- no post-game meetings or any of that kind of stuff. You're done with your, your game. Sanitize the dugout, which is a thing now, and then leave. <laughs> they have oh, these, wow. like, weed sprayer things that are loaded with sanitizing solution that they'll leave in the dugout for us that we spray down everything once we're done. And only one coach and up to four players are allowed in the dugout at a time. So the other other players have to be in the bullpen area you, warming up or with, with parents or something. This is this is something I should probably know, and I would if I had a kid of this age. But do you do you bring your own batting helmets and stuff? Is that something you have to provide yourself? So yes and no. Our our league does provide a small number of batting helmets, and they said. Well, they recommended if you have any players on your team that needs to borrow a batting helmet from the league, go ahead and basically assign them a helmet for the season. Just put their name on it, you know, on a piece of tape or something, and let them have that helmet for the season. Because otherwise, you have to t- take it back after every game and clean it and all that kind of stuff. Like, just don't worry about that. Let them take it home and let it be theirs, and then clean it once instead of having to clean it every week. 
But we do have fun story. That's how I got lice when I was younger. Oh, that's good. We do have <laughs> shared uh, like catcher's equipment, which comes from the mm-hmm. league. Um, so what they asked us to do is like if you got more than one catcher, you'll have to to sanitize the the equipment, everything between players, or go buy another set. Um, so what I tried to do is I identified one player and it was Grayson and he was not having a good time of playing catcher. And I think that the league decided because of this age, the throw from the catcher back to the pitcher is not really a thing right now, especially because we're doing modified T ball, which is three coach pitches and then swinging off a T. There's not really a need for the catcher to throw back to the pitcher. There's only a couple of defensive plays where that's applicable, but anyways, they aren't requiring teams to play with a catcher. It's like, great. Mm. Grayson, my son, is now playing second base for us, and he actually he recorded two outs on our last game, and this is it. So we played three innings, so he recorded, you know, two of the nine outs we recorded during the game on – Balls that were hit to him where he picked it up, he fielded it and tagged a runner, which was fun. Um, also, I'm pretty sure he's batting a thousand this season, which is pretty oh, freaking sweet. Oh, you bet sweet. he is. Because <laughs> last year we were having problems with him striking out off a tee, which is, it's ridiculous to say that, but the, the whole team is doing a whole lot better than, than we were last year. So, like I said, we're four games in. Um, we are two and two. We've won two hey, games, right. we've lost two games. For those that were listening last year, these two wins are two more than we won all of last season. <laughs> we went 0-14 <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, so I left the first game. I was like, okay, we're not going to lose every game. So we lost the first game. But I was like, we are good enough. We're on par with these other teams. We're not going to lose every game. We played the same team again in game two. that we played. So we played the same team in game one and game two. They beat us game one, and then we pounded them in game two. It was like, ah, yes, that was fun. Um, immediately turn around. So that, that was a Friday game. We played on Saturday. We got destroyed, and it was ugly. And I was like, I was frustrated. It was bad. I was like screaming, and it was, it was not a good look. Um, and it was more because it just, it just felt like, like it wasn't anything they were doing to us. It just felt like they were not supposed to be in our division. Like it was like, this was like a coach pitch team playing down in a, a T-ball division. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like it just felt like it they was, were it that, was rigged. Yeah. Like it, they were that good. I was like, are, either they practiced all spring, which they weren't supposed to, or like this team is loaded with kids that are like on the verge of being like the next division. And we're just, we're just on the receiving end of a really bad outcome here. And then we came back on Monday uh, this past week and won a squeaker 19 to 17, which was also <laughs> fun. Um, the other, so the way our, our league works, it's modified T-ball. So you either score seven runs or they record three outs, whichever happens first. That's when you switch. We scored five runs in the first inning before that they got three outs. They did not record another out on us the rest of the game. We scored 14 Dang. runs. So we scored seven in the second before they recorded an out. We scored seven more in the third before they recorded an out. 
And then I was like, guys, we just have to play defense, and we got this. And luckily, they <laughs> hit into a couple of really close tag plays. Otherwise, that game just could have just kept on going. But yeah, we're two and 19, two. Nineteen seventeen. What a score! Yeah. Well, and so we lost Saturday twenty to four. They were on their way to hitting their run rule, uh, which is like I said, seven runs an inning. But they ran out of time, and they were already ahead, and the hour expired. Like, oh, well, you're already up by 16 runs. There's no reason for you to score one more run. Um, we lost the first game. It was like 12 to 4, but it felt a lot closer than that. But I was, that was a game I was like, okay, we're not going to lose every game. And then we won the second game like 12-10 or something. Well, when you have when you come off an 0-14 season – Two wins, losing is great. twelve, <laughs> losing twelve to four or whatever. You're like, hey, this is it's not bad. All right, <laughs> we can we can manage this. Um, so our, our our league tracks like stats and everything, and I, I looked at that. So currently, or when I I looked at it last, we were in third place in our division, which is like that's, pr- that's pretty good because I don't think we ever came off of last place last season. Um, we'd also played the most games. So that, that kind of helped us with our two and two record. Um, but hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up really quickly. The the stats were just <laughs> it's just it's crazy because it's T ball. Um we have a run differential of minus twenty <laughs> because of how bad our losses have been and how close our wins have been. Um it's it's been it's been something else. So you're two and two, but you have a run differential of minus 20. Oh, yeah. Like, it it does not look good for us. Okay, so... (laughs) um, Okay, so we we played the first game. We lost 13 to 3. And then we... um, We won the second game 12 to 10. They... Oh, they, they say we scored six runs in our second game. They updated the score for us. So we lost this the third game twenty to six. And then we won Monday night's game uh nineteen to seventeen. Gosh. Yeah, I could see that. That that could add up to minus twenty pretty quick. Well, I, I guess now we're like minus eighteen. Oh, that's right. Gosh, where is oh there, there's the standings. Hold on. I'm I'm so sorry to drag this on for so long. Um Okay, so we're no longer in third. That's the wrong division. Hold on. If I could. Okay, so so we're no longer in third because more teams have been playing. We are in one, two, three, four. We're in fifth place Um, because we're two and two. There's another two and two team. A lot of one. There's a team that's tied twice. That's crazy. I guess it's a bunch of teams that have uh, like hit, hit the run rules. Ooh, <laughs> there are two teams that have worse run differentials than we do. There's a minus twenty two and a minus twenty four, and they've only played oh, two man. games. Both of those so, teams. So they, they maybe you know y'all have a leg up on somebody. Maybe I mean, it, it, it's hard to see like our, our runs scored at 40 and our runs allowed at 60 and be like, oh, we got this. <laughs> but these teams run scored nine, runs allowed 31. 
Runs scored 12, runs allowed 36. Like, okay. Oh, and so there's a team that's won three games straight. So they, they tied their first game, then won three games. Their run, differ, run differential is plus 28. Ooh, I don't want to play them. No. Try to, uh, maybe everyone's, you know, on vacation that day. Yeah. All right. So sorry. That was a really long t-ball <laughs> update but our little t- tigers are doing good um we are down to eight players on a roster from 13 uh the league essentially came out first and said you have to have eight players to start a game um then we, we we had a ninth player added and then we had a ninth player quit not the same guy so we're back down to eight players they then came out and said for your division for t-ball for modified t-ball and for peewee t-ball you can start a game with six players i was like okay good we shouldn't ever have less than six players but they've also said like this like waiver wire if we need players we can go borrow somebody the first game we won we actually had to borrow a player from their team <laughs> to beat them with oh them. man <laughs> that was bad <laughs> but the way the coach sold it to the other guys like either way kid you're gonna win the game so i was like oh, okay um so yeah, it's 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 been fun. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna lose the rest of our games. Obviously, we're we're two and two. It's it's been fun. Um, but okay, before we move on to football, guys, I want to talk talk to you a little bit about um, armchair. So our our media network, podcast network, has set up a a scholarship. Um, and I want to talk about that before we get into football. Before following the senseless murders of Ar- Armand Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other Black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure we do we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four five hundred dollar scholarships per semester to aspiring Black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having an unrealistic career path, if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life. If you have feared to express yourself or put your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did not have access to their financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility, and they are that you are a black creative, that you are under the age of 21, and that you submit a project, whether it's graphic design, photography, writing, audiovisual, journalism, creative writing, etc., to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. So you're going to submit a project for, for consideration to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. Also, if there are anybody, potential sponsors, I guess, that want to to help us fund more of these scholarships, also please reach out to the Armchair All-America podcast network at that same email address, scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. All right, Michael, let's talk about some football. Roll it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. 
Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh he's, my! He's got it! Touchdown! Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider! Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis! All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham! Touchdown, Texas Tech! Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Scoring begin. All right, Michael. Football news. There is but a little bit. Um, biggest news, though. Texas Tech is adding some seasoned depth to the roster in a graduate transfer from Alabama, Chadarius Townsend. Six foot, 194 pound athlete. Graduate transfer eligible immediately and we'll have two years remaining yeah that's an interesting kind of concept there must have been some red shirting going on or it sounds like he, he obviously he redshirted and then was able to take care of, of of classes um in a more expedited fashion like took as many scholar or not scholarship uh summer class summer classes as he could to get ahead um I know summer classes would help me graduate in four years after changing majors where I didn't have or had hardly any crossover uh, credits. So Chadarius Townsend played mostly receiver for Alabama, also kind of tinkered with defensive back and I think some running back. But it looks like um, Townsend will come into Tech and start off with the running backs. The depth here in Lubbock um, was hit with the the transfer out of Tejon Henry going to Houston, um, and then Armand Shine not getting his sixth year of eligibility. So your running back room uh, basically has Sir Roderick Thompson, who currently is your only returning scholarship player, um, Taj Brooks is incoming freshman. And then it looks like they're moving walk-on receiver Xavier White to running back. So Townsend figures to have an impact in that room pretty immediately, even if it's just depth. We know Texas Tech usually will run out three running backs in a game. Um, this is a pretty good shot that he's going to get some playing time for the Red Raiders alongside Sarge Thompson and Taj Brooks. I would think so too. Just just his pedigree in high school. I know he didn't see much time at Alabama at all. I think he only had eight carries last year or something like that, or maybe it was eight catches. Um, but it, it it'll be you know obviously a guy who's coming from a very successful program, and he'll he'll be an older example for the younger guys and that are currently the running backs. So. Um, you know, I'm also interested to see how Xavier White turns out. He's a local kid. I think he went to Monterey. Um, just kind of an interesting transition from a really great high school wide receiver to a running back. Uh, that's a pretty big leap to make. And, you know, I know the coaches have been doing some stuff like that lately, some some changing of positions and trying to figure out some new things and fill some holes with uh, current 
roster as opposed to grabbing more. So I know they know more than I do. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that turns out. And I just feel like I have to keep saying this. Hopefully we'll have football. Yeah. So Townsend was a former four-star athlete. That was his position uh, coming out of high school, just listed as an athlete. Um, he committed before his junior year. So he was good enough in high school to have a committable offer from Alabama as a sophomore in high school. <laughs> yeah. Let's take that into consideration. No, he didn't play a whole bunch, but also remember everybody likes to make the joke that Alabama could probably go out and beat the, the Browns, which I don't think is true, but they have a super talented, super deep roster. It's not uncommon to see four star players not get a lot of burn in Alabama, but obviously was good enough as a sophomore to get a committable offer to Alabama um, commit. Like I said, committed July before his junior season and then was a four-star athlete uh, out of, let's see, where, where is he from originally? Tanner, Alabama. Uh, graduate transfer, two years of eligibility. Welcome to the Red Raiders. Get your guns up to Darius Townsend. Yes, let's do this. And one more one more piece of football news before we move on. Um, 2021 quarterback commit Baron Morton made the – cut for the final sorry for the elite 11 camp for those that don't remember this is a a pretty prodigious not prodigious <laughs> prodigious um i mean as the name says it, it, it's an elite camp where they bring in a lot of the top talent from across the country and they compete um and kind of have like a Oh, what's it called? It, it's a competition to to look out and and basically crown the best high school quarterback um, in that recruiting class. They start off with twenty players, and they they go through these competitions. They have obviously other players there at the camp, but those are more to help. Uh, you know, field receivers or whatever for the quarterbacks to throw to. Um, let's see. Most recent quarterback for Tech that played in Elite 11. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Mahomes did. Does, no, he didn't. Does Jarrett Stidham count? Jarrett Stidham would not count. Um, interesting left, industri- interestingly enough, um, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson did not win his Elite 11 camp. Um, Deshaun Watson didn't win his either. Yeah. Two a two a one. 201 his. 201 his, and that was against a guy, Jake Fromm, who is now at Washington, was at Georgia. Sam Ellinger was in that group. Um, Dylan McCaffrey, Tate Martell. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go back really quickly, look at the history 
see if there are any Texas Tech players, quarterbacks I could tell you about. Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing any. If if Mahomes didn't make it, I mean, we may have to go back to I kind of don't think Harold was that highly touted at a high school. Let's see. It, Jarrett Sidden was in it in the year as 2014. Went up against Ben Hicks, who went to Baylor. Sorry, he went to SMU. Uh, Kyler Murray was in that group. Josh Rosen. Um, Blake Barnett was the MVP of the camp that year. Anyways, I, so a Texas Tech quarterback, uh, as good as, as we've seen him come through, uh, Texas Tech, you have not had one of your recruits outside of Stidham, although he didn't eventually play for you, compete in Elite 11. I'm already back in 2012, and I haven't found anybody yet. Yeah, and I'm further back than that, and I haven't either. So um, him getting the nod there is a testament to his talent, the, the kind of quarterback you're getting, even you know if he doesn't win – MVP. I mean, let's say one year they named three co-MVPs. Um, you know, even if he doesn't win MVP, this is a, a you know a, an elite group of quarterbacks. And I hate to say that they're elite when they're competing at a competition that's got elite in the title, um, but this is a small group of guys, like just kind of a who's who of of, of quarterbacks you see on, on down the road, like. J.W. Walsh, Teddy Bridgewater, Jeff Driscoll, Kendall Thompson, all these guys went on to play um, meaningful college time. Everett Golson, who played for Notre Dame. Um, anyway, so Baron Morton competing in Elite 11. Um, it's an awesome a- accomplishment. Interested to see how he does uh, when this comes up this year yeah i wonder if it'll be televised and stuff just because people are dying for some sports you know i would hope so just to kind of see how they how they how they do um yeah i'm i'm, I'm going back through and like so I, I don't recognize anybody from the 2019 class because they haven't played yet but like 2018 you got max dugan duggan from TCU, um, Ryan Helsinki, uh, Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler, to his younger brother. I, and I say it that way because I can't pronounce his first name just yet. <laughs> um, 2017 class had Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Rogers. Dorian Thompson Robinson. So all kinds of definitely some good company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. I I just got dragged in. Not dragged in. I was looking around. So Baron Morton, first Texas tech quarterback to, to compete in elite 11 for at least a decade. as far back as I went. Um, Great exposure for him. um, And just a testament, like I said, to the type of talent that, Matt Wells is starting to recruit into the program, bring in. 
All right. Michael, you want to get to some questions before we wrap up for the evening? Let's do it. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so we got a handful of questions we want to get to really quickly. Redward Reset Man asks, basketball question, would you rather have a team full of two and three stars that play with a ton of heart and a little talent or have a team full of five stars that don't want to be coached? Um, so obviously you want, you want guys that want to be there, but you also want talent, right? So yes. you know, how, how, how do you weigh that out? Um, Having seen a bunch of teams of two and three stars play for Texas Tech, and I'm thinking like the early 2010s years with um, Coach Knight's son. What's his name? Pat. Pat Knight. With Pat Knight as a coach. Some of those teams, they had some talented players, but also – Fairly unknown guys, uh, John Roberson, Jay Crockett, Mike Singletary, like talented in, in their own means, but not like superstars or on the level that you're seeing Chris Beard recruit. Um, and as a student in those times, I had fun going to those games, but like if you're giving me the option to go watch top tier talent, yeah, I, I want to go watch them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be selfish with that too and agree. It's not, and there's, there's hope, you know, maybe they, maybe they come in not wanting to be coached, but then Chris Beard and coach Adams, you know, they turn, they turn them around and they, they want to be coached after they show up here. So who knows? But, but yeah, I, I think at this point, like you said, part of it's, we're getting a little bit spoiled, but uh, also, we've seen teams that could have used a boost in talent, and it was frustrating just because you match up against a team that did have that extra boost in talent, and you could just tell that things weren't going to go your way, probably. And to be able to match, if not exceed the talent on the court with any lineup you have, that puts you in a good position to win. Yeah, I and. <laughs> You said it, and the thought is like, if the talent's there, you can probably win, win games, even if you know they don't want to be coached. You've seen some of like the, the top talent historically; they're just so good they can kind of just ignore their coaches. Th- those teams are still pretty dang good, and I, I, it selfishly, I want to watch teams that are really good. Um, so that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, I, I threw another question in there that was kind of a curveball. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk underrated candy bars. Who you got? So this is from Super 70s Sports. Is at Super 70s Sports. He says, I'll start by saying I feel like everybody sleeps on payday because there's no chocolate. Guess what? Don't need it. Payday is a pretty dang good chocolate. I was going to say chocolate bar. Pretty good candy bar. Um, it is, man. I mean, it's it's up there. Uh, it's one of those that you kind of it does sneak up on you, and you go, man. Whenever I have a payday, I'm never like, uh, I wish I had something else. I'm usually 
very satisfied with my choice. Yeah. Um, gosh, so there, there are a bunch of replies here. I'm going through to see if there are any, uh, that I like, uh, I'm a big fan of Mr. Goodbar. Oh, that is an underrated one. Cause that's, that's old school too. That's been around forever. That's just chocolates and crushed peanuts, right? Crushed peanuts or mm-hmm. chocolate and crushed peanuts. Yep. I'm going through a bunch of these mallow cups, fifth avenues, look zagnut and if you've heard of most of these <laughs> i'm um, i'm a big um and, and i feel like i'm cheating sort of because they're newer but i don't know how new this one is watch him call it is one of my favorites yeah, that, that i feel like nobody really eats anymore i mean and it's a chocolate peanut flavored crisps and caramel yeah it's fantastic and then the I mean, my go-to is almost always Snickers just because it's great. But that's definitely not underrated. And then... Is Butterfinger underrated? Uh, a couple of, of submissions here. was like, I, I, I feel like that's kind of up there. I don't know if it's underrated or not. It's a good candy bar. That's good. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Take 5 and Re-Sticks. Those, those are round out my three. Watch my call it Take 5 and Re-Sticks, I think, are underrated. And so's Payday. I really enjoy Payday. Oh, but hold the phones. Payday has a chocolate version. Payday Chocolatey Avalanche. It looks like just a chocolate-covered ba- Just get a payday. baby Ruth, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Heath Barton, no. I don't, I'm not a big fan of toffee. It gets stuck in my teeth. Yeah. And I'm, it gets stuck in everybody's teeth. I don't want to dig it out. Crackle is, is pretty good, but like I only like those in like the, the fun size that you get in like Halloween candy bags or whatever. Um, yeah. I think Mr. Goodbar was a really good choice by you. Because that is one of those there. that, yeah, I've, I, the same thing. I never buy it, but every time I see it in a fun size kit, I'm, I'm picking them out because I really like them. And that chocolate just melts so easy. That's a, that's a nice one. Good job by you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keith was being snarky on, 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 on Twitter. He said that that's why I was getting pumped for info on Slack today. Um, because we were recording tonight, Keith, you, you know that you're you're one of our our contributing experts here on Twenty Three Personnel Podcast, without um, a doubt. So, Michael, let me ask you. This may be a question. It may be a, a what did you learn? Have you seen the trailer for Greyhound yet? I have, and I'm conflicted because what? it looks like Hold a on. lot of CGI. Well, of course it is. It's World War II sea warfare. Of course it's going to be CGI. I know, but it looks like an excessive amount of it. <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you know of a better way to recreate submarine battles from almost 100 years ago, please let me know. Well, you just digitized the footage because I'm sure people had cameras everywhere yeah rolling on on the captain rolling on the deck uh no so i saw this trailer when it came out or when when i when i first saw it and i was like immediately like yes i have to see this and then the very end it says exclusively on apple tv and i was like you suck (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i don't have apple tv uh i my sister-in-law maybe has it and I may be able to 
watch it at her house at some point. I don't know. I'm I'm not like thrilled about that. Um but the movie looks fantastic. It's Tom Hanks as a I couldn't tell you the class of boat he's the captain of, but it's in the middle of some pretty epic looking warfare ocean warfare scenes from World War Two. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm a sucker for Tom Tom Cruise. Good gosh. <laughs> Mission Impossible. We've Here been we recording go. too long. I'm a sucker for Tom Hanks. And so whenever he's in a leadership position, I'm even more inclined to watch. So I, it's something I'll probably try to find someday, but I'm like you. I have no I don't have an iTunes account. I don't have any sort of Apple account, and I don't know if I really want to start one to watch this movie. Yeah, it just it it looks fantastic. I'm, I'm, I I I want to figure out a way to watch it, but I just I don't know, and I'm I'm frustrated. I get that they're trying to also pimp out Apple TV, and this movie looks fan freaking tastic, but I'm just I'm a little frustrated that it's only there, and and maybe it'll get spread around a little bit, but yeah, hopefully. Um, all right, let's do a little bit of what we learned. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, what you got, Michael? Let's let's let you go first this week. Okay, it's kind of the same update as usual. I've uh, just kind of sharing my progress on reading the Harry Potter books (laughs) as a 36-year-old man, because why not? I've I'm halfway through the Half Blood Prince, which is the sixth of the. the sixth book out of seven. I'm halfway through that, but then my Kindle Unlimited trial ended and I had to return it back to the library. So um, I had to turn it back in halfway through. So who knows when I'll get to pick that back up. But it's Half Blood Prince has been really good so far. Uh, the ending of Order of the Phoenix was depressing and dark and it just keeps getting sadder and sadder and it's that was just kind of a frustrating book because Harry was purposefully kept from knowing so much the entire book and then Dumbledore basically explains everything that was going on in in eight pages at the very end of the book and you're kind of like well this would have been nice why didn't you just tell (laughs) him all that anyway uh, that was just kind of a frustrating one but on to Ozark. I want. Um, here's another update. I'm sure everyone's keeping score at home. I have two episodes left in season two, and I have a theory here. Okay, let's hear it. I'm interested okay. to hear what you have. My theory is that Marty Bird's wife, Wendy, is basically going to become the bad guy. That he's going to be wanting to get out of it or wanting to run away or do something. And she's just turning into the person who's going to keep driving this bus right off this cliff. Because, man, she is ruthless. And spoilers, spoilers, full-on spoilers. Y'all can just stop listening now. You won't miss anything. So she gets kidnapped by the preacher, right? She gets kidnapped by that Mason guy. Not a good dude. Not a good dude. And, you know, Marty Bird comes through, gets 
gets the guy's kid out of CPS, gets custody of the kid, brings the kid to uh, Mason, and then Mason decides to take his wife hostage and almost kill her. And Marty has to kill him. And this is the first time that Marty's actually killed somebody. And he is just completely distraught and just not handling it well at all. And, you know, who would? And Wendy, who has been in this predicament for 24 hours, kidnapped, tried to run away, got tackled, all this kind of stuff, just a guy's neck got exploded over her right shoulder and she is just right as the mail. She got no issues with it. And she keeps pushing this Wilkes guy, uh, to, to push the casino through. And I mean, she is just, it seems like Marty at at this point, which like I say, I'm, I've just finished episode eight of season two. So a lot, there's a lot more that's going to happen. But it seems like at this point he is just kind of over a lot of it and maybe that's what they do. Maybe they just go back and forth and kind of balance each other out because she is definitely driving the bus right now. And it's it's almost scary because she seems more cutthroat than he ever was. So we'll see. That could be a theory that has no no play whatsoever, but I will finish season two this week and then I'll at least start season three before we record next time. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'd finished la- the third season when we recorded last, but um, dude, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just what, that's every show. That's every episode. Dude, it's nuts. <laughs> every single thing. Dude, it's nuts. Um, so yeah, uh, what I learned, uh, you know, I'd go back one also kind of along the Harry Potter line. Samantha is listening to Harry Potter. Um, you know, whenever she has some downtime, whether she's studying or when she's working from home or doing a puzzle, whatever, she's got the audio book playing and it's been, it's been great to listen to it, um, as well. Oh, Hey, by the way, I finally found it. Jet Duffy, he competed but wasn't a finalist or whatever in the the the, the top group in oh, 2015. No way. Okay. Sorry. Like you have to scroll down to the rest of the people that competed that year, besides just the top group. So yeah. Sorry. Jack Allison. Uh, let's see who else in the Jet Duffy, Jalen Hurts, Austin Kendall, Derek King. Um. Yeah, Scott there's some Thompson. there's some names that we've heard of there. <laughs> Just a couple. Shane Bouchelle, Jacob Eason, Felipe Franks, Dwayne Haskins, Shea Patterson. So yeah, he, he, he was in that class. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure a tech quarterback, but he's the only one. So Jet Duffy now Baron Morton. Sorry. Um Yeah, I, I forgot where I was at, but it, oh, listening to Harry Potter. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun to, to to catch little bits and pieces. I've also been building a shed in my backyard. Oh yeah, that's right. Going on for well, building uh, an honest uh, probably. I started a, my first cut of lumber was Thursday night, so the eighteenth. 
at this point right now, I've got all that I have left to do is trim around the edges of the building, um, build the door and shingle it, but shingles on the roof. When we get our roof replaced on our house because of all the, the hail damage we've, we've sustained, uh, since, since we moved in, I've got an in with our, our, our roofing company. They're going to order a couple extra bundles to match the shingles and put that on the, the roof of the shed. But it's dried in now. It's got the roof. It's got the paper up. It's got the drip edge, although I have to take the drip edge off, put the trim on, and then the drip edge back on. Anyways, um, it's it's basically ready to go. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty close to finishing it out probably this weekend, painting it, and I've got a pretty sweet little backyard uh, storage unit. Yeah, it's a good-looking shed, man. You did a great job. Yeah, this is coming from somebody that, like, so... I've had to borrow a lot of power tools because I don't I don't do a lot of this kind of stuff on my own, uh, and then borrow experience and you know expertise from others. Um, I did buy a framing nailer, which was really fun. Like otherwise, I'd be out there swinging a hammer still to get the oh, first wall yeah. up. Um, my my thought was I was going to rent a nailer from Home Depot, and they wanted something like I think it was forty dollars a day. And when I was first thinking this, I was like, okay, it's probably take me a couple of days to do this. Well, we are now, like I said, on today's day seven. So I bought the nailer for a hundred bucks with the intention to then turn around and sell it when I'm done. Cause I'm probably never going to use it again. Um, but I, I'm coming out ahead because I didn't rent it for seven days or I had to keep going back and forth to the store to rent it. Uh, even on days I didn't work on it, like on Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a blast to get out there and build this thing on my own. The only thing I haven't done is pour the concrete s- slab. I had somebody do that. Everything else, though, I've been involved in, from framing the walls to putting the siding up on the walls, to the roof, um, to cutting rafters, and all kinds of good stuff. It's It's been fun. And a lot of work, and I'm more sore than I probably have ever been working on something. It's rewarding, though. It's rewarding. I, I get out there. So I, I'm working from home again. We had a, a positive COVID case, not in our department, but in the department that works next door to us, but we also share some space with them. So we're not technically exposed, but... Close enough, we're like we don't have to be in the office, so we're we're back working from home again uh, until this kind of cools down. So I get my work in in the mornings, uh, and then when my calendar frees up and I'm I'm kind of done for the day, um, I get outside and I work for a few hours in the afternoon and the evenings, and getting closer to having this thing done. I, like I said, I got the roof on last night, except for the shingles. Um, which will be whenever we get the roof replaced here on the house. But it's dry now. I can get the door on and the trim, and I can start moving stuff out of my garage and organizing it in the shed. It's it's been it's been fun. It's been good. Yeah, get, get, getting everything where you want it. Sorry, if you were saying anything to me, I I like lost my headphones 
for that split second. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you didn't miss anything. I was just talking about getting everything where you want it and kind of organizing all your stuff. And it's a weird thing to think is fun, but that is that is kind of fun. Yeah, because the, the next part is like, okay, now that I, I basically I'm not forced to put anything anywhere, I got to figure out where. Where do I want my my lawn equipment? Where do I want like the fertilizers or the the stuff I have in bottles and bags and tools and other stuff that I would store outside but not necessarily get to and all all that kind of stuff. I got to figure out where I want all that to live now and possibly start parking in the garage both vehicles. We'll see how that goes. Oh man, that's a that's a big feat. It would be to get both cars in the garage at the same time. Anyways, um, well, I think that'll do it for us this week. I think we've gone long, long enough with some non-sports related, non-Texas Tech sports related stuff, whether it be Little League or um, candy bars, Shed. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.